The 2022 NFL Scouting Combine rolling into the weekend and rolling in with some haste of some fast wide receivers getting into wide receiver 40 times. Who is QB1? And the Biggins showed up as well, weighing in some fast 40 times for those offensive linemen. Coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson with you. Thanks for making us your first listen right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Matt Williamson is still in, I almost said Mobile, Alabama. Now we've moved on from the Senior Bowl. We're, <laughs> we're, we're at the Combine now. And Matt Williamson is in Indianapolis. Lucas Oil. Uh, and having a good time there. And I think you've got one more day there, right? We're Friday recording this podcast. We've got all the numbers from quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight ends. We're going to talk a lot of wide receiver speed on this episode. And now we're seeing the offensive linemen run as we speak, and we got some weigh-ins from the big boys too. So a lot to get to on today's show. Yeah, 100%. And um, today was a very busy day on Radio Row. We had all kinds of good guests. That was fun. But as we concluded, you know, we were on the air until 4 Eastern. You started looking around and like all the tables were empty and started to turn into a ghost town. And I know there's a lot more stuff going on on the field and behind the scenes, but a lot of the media stuff has really died down. And frankly, I've been talking so much this week. I'm a little spent. It's Indy is wonderful. They've been very hospitable, but wouldn't mind being home in the burg right about now. And it's gotten to the point BP where I know we're recording this around five Eastern. And as you said, the, the O-linemen are working out as we speak. I may not leave the hotel the rest of the night and just get a giant pizza delivered and watch the combine <laughs> on my iPad and just be an old man and you know take that approach for the final night in town. You're hungover is what I'm ga- gathering. Is that... No, okay. <laughs> I mean, I did my share of fun, but um, not well past that for the day. I mean, I could easily put my time in, but there's not as many people around yeah. and really intrigued with these workouts. I don't want to watch them from a bar, too, and big old pizza sounds pretty good right now. That never sounds like a bad idea. Have you had a chance to <laughs> run your own 40-yard dash? I think they do have a, a setup there, right, where, where people can go in and, and test themselves in the 40 and run against actual prospects? I don't think that's here this year oh, okay. because they 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 let very few fans in this year. I mean, it's still some COVID protocols. Um, and I'm glad you mentioned that because I kind of feel bad for the fans because we're set up right next to the bench press area. And there used to be a big section where you could fake bench press. You could do all these different things. You know, they had all these exhibits set up and they're not there this year. So the people that come in, come in and watch bench presses. And some of these coaches, you could tell, brought their high school football team to watch. Well, no one's benching this year. Like, a very high percentage of the tight ends opted out, and then a very high percentage of the offensive linemen opted out. So I'm not sure what that strategy is. I think it's a new one. But my hunch is, by the way that these guys have run and worked out, that a lot of these tight end O-line, maybe D-line tomorrow – are focusing on being lean and mean and fast. And then at their pro day, you know, they'll, they'll add a couple pounds and really work on the bench between now and then. Cause there hasn't been a lot of bench press numbers. 
That would make sense. Yeah, there's a yeah. lot of people opted out of the agilities as well. There's there's fewer and fewer really fast three cone times than there used to be. Um, I think I saw a stat where there was two. I think there was only two wide receivers that broke seven seconds in the three cone. And if you go back a few years, there was like eighteen to twenty that broke seven mm. seconds in the three cone, which is usually the barometer of okay, this guy's you know got quickness and got burst. If you can break seven seconds in the three cone, and not that many guys tried it and of the ones that did try it, there's only a couple of guys that got under seven seconds there at wide receiver so i think it's similar with the bench press too everyone's working on the 40 everyone got lean there was a lot of really light weights out there uh some heavier weights coming in today with the offensive linemen but uh, big picture here from what i'm gathering and i'm all the way over here in california i'm in a couple of time zones over you're in Indy. You've talked to folks over drinks in the evening you've had a bunch of people on your radio show during the day I'm getting the feeling that more and more solidified as QB1 is Malik Willis. Throwing the ball different than everybody. Really knocking the interviews out of the park. He seems like a really uh, good kid. And uh, there was that video that someone took that, you know, he didn't know was happening. He stopped on the street to give a guy clothes out of his own suitcase, um, you know, who's a homeless guy on the street. And so mm-hmm. I, I just feel like the big winner quarterback-wise and really solidifying himself as QB1 this week is Malik Willis. Do you get that vibe there as well? Very much so. And that's without him running and jumping and all those things, which we know he's going to do well. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like, boy, Ritter ran a great time. You know, maybe he's moving up. You know, that that's not the case with, with Willis. He just hasn't done them. All those things are true. I mean, I watched all their throws last night, and I just think the ball comes out of his hands differently than the other quarterbacks. I mean, it explodes out of his hands. He's a power thrower. And he, he had some really nice deep balls, the trajectory of them and the control of the ball. And again, this is, you know, against air in a dome. I mean, I understand all those things. But still, as we've talked about, there's value with this assembly line scouting of watching, you know, quarterback after quarterback after quarterback. I like the way he threw the ball the best, you know, especially once we factor in people will be chasing him and there'll be weather elements and things like yeah. that. Um, several people I know very well, uh, including my co-host on the Steelers show. I mean, they're all doubted to Willis, of course, were really impressed with his personality that he's a unique and that, so that can sound like a bad thing and it's not at all that he's very confident yet humble. He has a very unique perspective on life and the game and everything in general. And several people unprovoked told me, he was really a joy to talk to. I like being around that guy, you know, and I'm sure he's not the only one, but he's killing interviews. Desmond Ritter showing off some athleticism, running a four two five, the best time of those quarterbacks that did run. And we knew he was athletic, but it took him only about seven strides to hit 40 yards. It was one of the oddest things. Yeah. When I first saw him run, I didn't see what the time was. And I thought, oh, that didn't look very fast. I, you know, I was thinking 4-8, you know, something like that. I said 4-5, oh, what? 4-4-9, four, four, unofficial. It ends up being a 4.52 officially, but he just had these big old strides. And once he got going, uh, he was moving pretty good. And I, I really like the Daniel Jeremiah comp for him, which is Marcus Mariota, slim, tall, good arm and athletic, and uh, I think that's that that comp nails it pretty well with Desmond Ritter. He doesn't really show that, and I think it's because, you know, it, he's got the long stride, so he's not that much of a dynamic runner uh, as a quarterback, but he can get that, he can get out there and move, and he already knew he had a big arm, and already knew he could run a little bit, but a nice workout for Desmond Ritter. 
And his jumps were tremendous as well. I mean, the, he, he, the impression I get with him, and you, you had some, some, some words in there that I was going to use as well, kind of a long strider and eats up a lot of grass with those big steps. And I want to get to that in a second too. But he is very impressive as a straight line guy. Like Mariota's fast, but Mariota's not a real wiggle, make you miss type runner. I don't think Ritter is either. I think both of them are pocket players first, and then when the seas open, they just you know Justin Herbert's like that. If there's a big big lane, he's yeah. going to get ten yards and get a, a chunk, two strides. It seems like you know. Um, but one thing about Ritter, which I think correlates to that in a negative manner, is his stride as a passer. That big step forward can sometimes be a little. Too big, you know, like I think that's when his mm-hmm. accuracy wanes a little bit. So, you know, those long limbs sometimes can lead to some some misses that just don't make sense. But he certainly had a big day and I have a feeling he's going to be a first round pick when it's all said and done. He could definitely benefit from, you know, a little bit more compact mechanics. But yeah, yeah, yeah. looking at this group of quarterbacks, you know, if you if you want to check check off the athleticism box and he's got as good an arm as, as most of the rest of the guys that aren't named Malik Willis, then yeah, maybe he does have an opportunity to sneak into the first round. Uh Kenny Pickett is probably the Real the, quick on Ritter yeah. too. A lot of people were really going out of their way to talk about how mature he is. I mean, he has a young child, you know, that this is important to him. He's not out on the town being a goof. You know, you, you trust him. That's really important and potentially yeah, could yeah. play early. He elevated the program at Cincinnati. Can he do that for an NFL team? Uh, Kenny Pickett had played a lot of football at Pittsburgh. Obviously, the small hands thing, we talked about that yesterday. But he checked off a lot of boxes just seeing him throw the ball. Good arm, not amazing. Good athleticism, four seven three in the 40, not amazing athleticism. And so if, if Desmond Ritter is sort of the Marcus Mariota archetype, then I, I would I, I really like my Alex Smith comp for Kenny Pickett. Can do a lot of things, but nothing really wows you across the board. I don't, I don't think he's as risk-averse as a quarterback as Alex Smith was. So if a team drafts him, they're okay with the hand size, and he might be able to play early. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Smith's a good one. You know, I mean – uh, certainly Pickett is the most plug-and-play quarterback of this group and has a lot of experience. I mean, he has a lot of starts under his belt, a lot of snaps, um, certainly reads defenses the best, you know, gets to his through his progressions. Um, the accuracy is absolutely there. Uh, I mean, kind of like you said, though, I mean, Smith's a better athlete th- than Pickett. Pickett probably is a little bit more of a risk taker. But, yeah, I mean, you can win games with those guys, there's no doubt. Last quarterback I want to note is EJ Perry from Brown, making himself some money in yeah, the last couple guy. of months. He was the Shrine Game MVP, threw a few touchdown passes in that one. And you see a quarterback out of Brown, you think, okay, maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick, smart guy, quarterback, um, is the comp. But the, the comp might be Taysom Hill. He ran a four six five. He had some really good um, agility drill workouts. And, uh, and wow, uh, EJ Perry's an athlete. Yeah, uh, and... It's funny because somebody told me going into the combine, you know, it's not really good for those late round diamond in the rough types, but keep an eye on the dude from Brown. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Quarterback from Brown. I'm sure he's great. <laughs> yeah. Probably smart. You know, I'm mean, sure. I mean, he's a biochem major or something. I mean, whatever. And then, you know, people start talking about him a little bit and look at his workouts. And then you mentioned the shrine bowl and, 
my hunch, and again, I, I'm excited to dig into him further, and I'm sure a lot of draft nicks out there never even wrote him up or paid attention to him. But you want a four six five and or an athlete like that, and you are I mean, I'm not making light of his intelligence, he's a very smart dude. He might be someone I'd love to grab in the fourth or fifth round and see what happens and hope you get to that next Dak Prescott or a future starter or something like that. Yeah, good jumps as well. Um, you know, good yeah, production yeah. at Browns. So EJ I'll Perry, take it. Making, yeah. Made himself some money. Let's talk wide receivers. Skinny and fast is the theme for those guys. And then talk weigh-ins. And I think we've got some 40 times for a lot of these offensive linemen as well coming up. More and more draft props going up all the time at betonline.net. So much fun when it comes to the combine and the whole draft process and pro days uh, for the next couple of months as we lead up to the NFL draft. And you can bet on where these prospects will be drafted. You've got player props and odds for not only football, Super Bowl futures as well at Bet Online for a football betting pleasure, even though there is no season happening for a while in the NFL, but there is a season happening in pro and college hoops. The tournament is now upon us in the month of March for NCAA basketball. Always a lot of fun to bet on. Latest odds, totals, player performance as well for hockey, boxing. UFC, and even your favorite Vegas casino games at Bet Online, which remains the best spot for all your sports, scores, and even news this season. So head on over to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action at Bet Online, where the game starts. Thanks for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day. Don't forget to check out Locked On NFL, NFL Experts Daily, Monday through Friday, bringing you all the latest in under 30 minutes, and of course, free, just like this podcast on all your favorite podcast platforms. Matt, let's talk wide receivers. They had just weighed in and not quite run when we talked yesterday. We saw them run, and now it starts to make a little bit more sense of (laughs) why they were so skinny, because these dudes are fast. Yeah, yeah, we concluded yesterday's podcast by one or two big guys, but then there's all these little frail you know, dainty guys, I think is a word I used. And I, I'm almost certain I said at the end of yesterday's podcast, well, maybe they're going to trim weight here, run really well, and then at their pro day, they'll look a little better in shorts and a T-shirt or whatever. I don't know if any of that's true, but I just know that they set the, t- the, the, the indie turf on fire last night. Absolutely. And we almost thought that there was some records broken there. And as it turns out, and more than I can ever remember, the the unofficial numbers were, were way off and way too fast. Way off. And a lot of those got changed. But still, Tyquan Thornton out of Baylor, he's got the top spot right now with 40 times in this combine with a 4-2-8 40-yard dash. That is flying. Villas Jones out of Tennessee, 4-3-1. Calvin Austin, who we talked about before the combine, we knew he was going to fly, and he did, and he jumped out of the building as well. He, he really knocked those, uh, those, uh, those workouts out of the park. 5'8", 170, which helps when you're running around and, and flying at 4'3", Really, the name I want to talk about, though, that made himself the most money and uh, had a great senior bull week, 6'4", 208 pounds, ended up with a 4'3", 640, Christian Watson out of North Dakota State. And look, his quarterback uh, from college in 2019 is now a 49er, and we've been talking a lot about him on Locked On 49ers. Be like, this would be a really good day two pick, maybe second round, third round. And I don't think he's going to be there anymore because uh, – Four three six at six four two oh eight. He's one of the few wide receivers that showed up over two hundred pounds, thirty nine inch vertical, eleven foot four. I mean, that's almost combine record territory broad jump as well. This dude was flying out there. Yeah, and not to get ahead of ourselves, but I just want to make sure we don't forget him. 
Alec Pierce from Cincinnati was right there with him. And I bring them up together because, as we said yesterday, all these little receivers. Well, both those guys are nice height, weight, speed guys that are certainly more outside the numbers. A.J. Green types. I'm not saying they're A.J. Green, but you know what I mean. I mean, that's the, the style of receiver they are which I think helps them dramatically because there's not a lot of them in this in this class. They tested extremely well. I forget who I was chatting with with Watson, and I thought, man, how early could this guy go? You know, like, I think he's definitely a second rounder. And I'm thinking, you know, the Lions have that second pick in the in the second round. Wouldn't he be perfect to match between – Hawkinson and St. Brown and mix in a little bit of Swift and maybe a first round, you know, quarterback. I mean, I think there's going to be a lot of teams, maybe even Jacksonville at 2-1, you know, I mean, that could really be interested in a guy like Christian Watson, who's, like you said, it really did well to Cedar Bowl, too. Yeah, and I believe Watson won and Pierce were two in uh, the speed score, which is adjusted for weight. And and calculating mm, okay. forty times, so um, yeah, really good workouts for both of those guys. Uh, a ton of really fast ones. Combine record, it looked like it was twelve that broke the four four mark, but it ended up being eight, which is still a record for the amount of wide receivers that ran four three nine or faster. Uh, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave really got hurt with the with the unofficial time. It was four two six before it got changed to four three nine, and he got passed <laughs> up by his guy on the official time four three eight for Garrett, Garrett Wilson. So uh, sub four fours for both the Ohio State wide receivers. Yeah, uh, the thing I meant to mention, but when I was lumping Pierce and Watson together, Watson had the best broad jump numbers of all the receivers. Pierce had the best vertical jumps of all the receivers. So a lot of similarities with those two. Um, I like Olave a lot. Don't get me wrong. I mean, people said he's going to run really fast. He ran really fast. I was watching it on TV and said, boy, I didn't think he was run that real, that fast. And then, as you said, it got adjusted. And now it's a great score, not a ridiculous score. I didn't think Wilson would run nearly as well as he did, though. I mean, I thought he was going to be uh, – Michael Thomas isn't the right comp, but uh, uh, one of those four or five guys that I don't care that he was, quote, not a burner. Yeah, plays um, faster than he times. Yeah, right. Great out of his breaks and good with pads on and the ball in his hands. I, by no means am I crushing Olave because he did work out extremely well. But he concerns me a little bit. I mean, his frailty worries me a little bit. I mean, I think he's going to get pushed around a little bit. He's not the biggest guy. I mean, he's no. right around six feet and in, in weighed in in the 180s, and, and we'll see how big he is at his pro day. If he gets into the 190s again, that would help him out. Uh, one player in the 190s, Sky Moore, had a really good workout as well, 5'10", 195. Oh. He's got big 10-and-a-quarter-inch hands, ran a 4 4 one. Um, So, yeah, uh, a lot of great times out there for these wide receivers. And, and some of the other bigger guys that ran well, that maybe didn't break four fours had some good times. George Pickens four four seven. It looked like it was going to be about a four four flat unofficially, but still a good time yeah. for him at four four seven. Uh, Jahan Dotson four four three. Kevin Austin, who had the by far the best three cone time out of Notre Dame, who I've not watched a lot of, but man, some quicks out there for him and showing off four four speed again. Another smaller 
receiver, though. So, yeah, absolutely. A lot of speed out there. I think the big loser is probably Traylon Burks because 4.55 four, four, five, five is not a terrible time, but then he didn't jump very well either. Coming in at 6'2", 225, you start to worry, okay, because the, the comps were Debo Samuel. And it's like, oh, is he more Nikhil Harry than, than Debo Samuel out of mm. that same draft? Because if he's too sluggish, then, look, like you're going to have to be fighting for balls and you're gonna, everything's going to be contested. Uh, maybe that's not the, the explosive wide receiver one that a lot of people hoped he was going to be coming into the combine. Yeah. I mean, no one here looks like Burks. I mean, he's body beautiful and, you know, they're and rocked up and really impressive, but I do think he was underwhelming. I mean, just watching him on tape, it wouldn't blow me away that maybe Arkansas's pro day, all those numbers are much better. You know, maybe he's had a bad day, but I mean, you can't dismiss it. I would say the biggest loser was probably David Bell from Purdue coming in the four six five, but no one thought he'd be fast. I mean, he's kind of that Michael Thomas ish type athlete and a really good player, but four six five stands out in a a group of really fast dudes. Um, you mentioned Pickens from Georgia. Glad he did because you know he came back from injury. I think he was a four or five star recruit. You know, this time last year he was in the first round of all the way too early mocks. So I think he's getting himself back in the uh, tier two picture, which I think is great. And you mentioned Sky Moore. A similar player to Sky Moore to me is Boise State's Khalil Shakir, too. He ran a 4-4-3. More of a slot like Moore, but both those guys have some muscle on them. They're not just burners. They can take the pounding. They have return skills, good route runners. So depending what you're looking for, there's pretty much all shapes and sizes here. And you mentioned David Bell, and his yeah, agilities were too. better than his straight line speed and explosion. His jumps weren't very good, but you know, seven one four three cone is still you know it's good, but it's not spectacular either. So you mm-hmm. definitely start to worry about the athleticism for David Bell. But you know, at least he brought some size to the party, which nobody else did. He's six one two twelve, and you know he's he's a he's a well built guy. And so you look at him, it's like okay. He's a possession receiver and maybe even more of a possession receiver than you thought coming in. It's like, okay, we, we kind of know his role. We know who he is. Uh, and, and I think those, those workout numbers solidified that for you. Yeah. You know, I'm sure that scouts will say, you know, they, they probably had a, a nice grade on him off tape. And then you watch this and say, okay, well, he's probably going to have to make a lot more contested catches than he did at Purdue without question. How good is he in that regard? You know, do we trust him now to, you know, to battle these defensive backs and come down with the football? Because he's not going to run away from anyone. He's not going to explode away from anyone out of his break. So that's a little worrisome. And frankly, I mean, and the more I think about it, going into the the, the combine, I would have said, man, David Bell might be the seventh receiver off the board. You know, maybe even top forty, top forty-five, but how quickly things can change with all the other times that Pickens and these guys had. I don't know how you take Bell over a guy like Pickens or Sky mm-hmm. Moore or, you know, uh, Pierce or any of these top dudes we talked about. Yeah, it might, be enough, it might be enough to be a tiebreaker that David Bell loses in a lot of draft rooms. Exactly. Running back heights, weights are in. Offensive line, heights and weights, and some 40 times now, and some guys blazing out there up over 300 pounds. We'll get to that next. 
The most important thing you can do, whether you're still trying to hang on to that New Year's resolution later into the year, or just trying to get into shape, or just trying to eat a little bit marginally healthier every single day, the best thing you can do is make Built Bars part of your plan. High in protein, low calorie, low sugar snacks that taste great, and you can feel good about eating them. Here is the key. Go to all your secret hiding spots for all your snacks and get rid of the junk. Get rid of it so there's no temptation. And when you do have that temptation, replace it with a Built Bar so you can feel good about the snack you're eating and get that high protein with a low sugar, low net carb snack. Whether it's your desk at work or your purse or your glove box in your car or your pantry at home, wherever it is where all the junk hangs out, replace it with Built Bars covered in 100% real chocolate. Not sure what flavor you want? Get a mixed box of Built Bars. I recommend the peanut butter, but tons of flavors to choose from at Built.com. Go to the website Built.com right now. Use promo code LOCKED15 and you can get 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. We talked earlier on in the week, Matt, about how important, surprisingly, the 40-yard dash is more important maybe to finding better offensive linemen than it is to finding really good wide receivers and and cornerbacks, oddly enough. So, yeah, the 20-yard shuttle, the 40-time, those 10-yard splits, really important for offensive linemen. We're seeing a few of them fly already. Uh, Momentarily, we'll get into those times. I want to talk... Uh, heights and weights let's start with the running back class before we get to offensive line we won't have watched running backs run yet before we're done with this podcast but we will cover all of that and all the defensive side of the ball as well when we come back monday because all the workouts will have been done then and uh, we'll know what everything looks like with all those guys but let's start with the heights and weights and the size for all these running backs and um it's a much thicker class of running backs than wide receivers that's for sure a bunch of these dudes have some serious weight on them i think none bigger than uh, brian robinson out of alabama 6'2 225 getting into fullback territory this day and age in the nfl wow okay i i'll be very honest and pull back the curtain i have not seen any of the heights and weights for these backs and i'm sitting here scram they're not easy to find by the way there's no spreadsheet there right out there at this second where i can just look <laughs> at it all the way i want to so i'm just gonna pretend like i'm not sitting in front of a laptop and, and, and react organically when you mention some of the ones but that that's the that doesn't shock me i mean he really kind of looks like a 30 year old man to me you know just watching him in pads yes. and physical player you know i mean he just looks mature it's amazing how Alabama tends to find those guys, the guys that were grown men when they were 15 years old. It's like, where do you find these dudes that show up on campus already looking like they're 30 years old? Some pretty prototype running back size and, and height and weight numbers here out there. Brees Hall looking pretty good, 5'11", 217. Isaiah Spiller, 6 feet, 217. But there's a few standouts. One of them, it makes me laugh, James Cook, 5'11", 199, out of Georgia, you know he was trying to get to, to 200 pounds. Yeah, and I'm sure he's yeah. drinking water all day, so I bet he was disappointed to see the scale, and it was 199. Yeah, exactly. And he's no one looks at him as a full-time back. He's not big brother. You know I mean? He's a Naheem Hines, James White type of dude. I remember when we previewed running backs, I thought maybe he'd be the, uh, the upside-down version of Debo Samuel where he's running back first, wide receiver second. But, boy, you get the 199, and you've probably been pumping iron and – you know, creatine and protein left and right to you know, preparing for this. It didn't quite get the 200. How about this, though? Kennedy Brooks out of Oklahoma, seven and five eighths inch hand size. 
That's, is that a misprint? I that mean, might like, be a misprint, or it's the smallest hands <laughs> I've ever seen for uh, a grown man in an NFL prospect, someone that handles the football, <laughs> right. because that might, my hands are nine and a half. That's like just cutting my thumb off, practically. Like, I think there's boys that are 11, 12, 13 years old that, that that's the size of their hands. Like, everyone's been laughing at Pickett, you know, kind of rightfully so. Eight and a half inch hands. This guy's seven and a half, seven and five eighths. I mean, uh, <laughs> it's got to be hard to catch the football mm-hmm. and secure the football if these are true. I mean, we're all just kind of working off these fresh results. Maybe it'll come out that it's not right, but I've never seen such a thing. And he's not a small guy. 5'11", 209 is pretty good size to have. Yeah. I mean, th- those are very small hands. Right, right, right. And For people anybody. thought he was a draftable prospect, but that's a little odd, you know? You bring them in for your your uh, your visit, or your you know you sit down and have your fifteen minute interview with them. And you shake his hand and go, "Oh, I think the interview's over. See ya." Not a ton to take away from the the running back weigh ins, and we don't have any forty times yet. No. We'll talk about those later. Kyron Williams not very big. He's only got twenty eight and five inch arms, so very short arms. Five nine, one hundred and ninety four. One hundred ninety four is not tiny for one for or for five nine. You know, but you're not looking at a, a full time bell cow type of a back there. True. True. I wish his arms were a little longer, but oh well. Because he is good in protection. Let's talk offensive linemen. Uh, I think a big winner at the weigh-in, and I think we already knew because there was a photo flying around yesterday of Evan Neal of Alabama, who might be the number one overall pick in this class at 337, looking like he was in very good shape. And he weighed in at that exact number, 337. Six foot seven and a half, 337 is a large human. Ten-inch hands. His hands are almost twice as big. It takes two of Brooks' <laughs> right. hands to be one of Evan Neal's hands. A ten inch, ten and uh, an eighth inch hands, thirty four inch arms. I mean, that is prototype. That's how you want an offensive tackle to look. Yeah, and there's some hand sizes here that are over eleven. I mean, so Mr. Brooks, you better look out for those guys. But yeah. Neal to me looks like the first overall pick. You know, he looks really fit, um, spry, explosive. I've been watching some of the some of the stuff here, and he hasn't been up yet, but. They do have some highlights of him doing crazy box split drills and things like that, too. And I thought he was going to be 360. And when I saw 337, I was like, oh, yeah, that's that, that's a good good work there, Mr. Neal. A little worried about Tyler Linderbaum's size. And he's the top center uh-huh. in this class. He can get out and move. You better be able to get out and move and hit guys on the second level if you're only 6'2". 296. He's got big hands. He's a center, but short arms as well. I mean, 31 and an, and an eighth inch arm length. Yeah, he, he's an he's an undersized offensive lineman, even for you know a smaller, quicker center type in the NFL. I don't know if a team can draft him in the first half of the first round, like I've seen a lot of mock drafts. Yeah, I, I've been kind of cooling on him as a top dozen or 15 pick, where I thought that was an absolute slam dunk. The tape's unbelievable, but. I think he's another one that was probably shooting for 300 pounds. Didn't quite get there. I bet in reality he plays at like 285. You know, I mean, some of these guys, these offensive linemen, have a really hard time staying at the weight they need to play at. Like when Linderbaum retires, he'll get like down to 225 before you know it. You know, like one of those type of guys. <laughs> yeah. But those short arms worry me in more than anything. Very short. Iki Iquanu, 6'4", 310. I'm looking at his 40 times, and they are looking scorching for an offensive lineman at 310 yeah. pounds. Nice, long, 34-inch arms, which is good, so not quite as much uh, height as Evan Neal, but he's got the same uh, length of arms. 
Um, Charles Cross, another kind first... of a kind of a Quentin Nelson body type, really. I mean, he's built like a, yeah. a, a like a Coke machine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, Charles Cross, a, a, a slender three hundred and seven pounds at six foot five, thirty four and a half inch arms, ten three quarters inch hands. Uh, Daniel Falale uh, out of Minnesota. I mean, he looks like Evan Neal's bigger brother, six eight. 384, 11 inch hands, 35 and an eighth inch arms. I mean, he's the biggest man out there, no doubt. By far. And I I tend to think, after watching the senior bowl, I think 384 is too much. You know, it's just, well, body in motion remains in motion. And when he starts <laughs> yeah. leaning one way, he has a tough time getting back. He was on the, on the ground a lot at the senior bowl. I am excited to watch his agility drills, but 384 and being that massive, worries me a little bit let's talk 40 times because i'm seeing some pretty darn good times thrown down here by some of these guys and two of them that are vying for top five status and who knows maybe number one overall in the draft status on the offensive line two names we just talked about over 300 pounds that's icky Ikwanu out of north carolina state and who I've seen at number one quite a few times on, on some mock drafts. Uh-huh. And then Charles Cross, too, who's who's really, uh, depending on what mock you look at, I've seen him, you know, second half of round one. I've seen him at top five. But Charles Cross out of Mississippi State, 6'5", 307. He threw down a 4.95 time. Equanu with a 4.93 time. So both those guys sub five seconds. And that is a really, really good sign for someone becoming a, a good offensive lineman. Uh, 4.93 is really that cutoff that we saw a ton of awesome offensive linemen running times like that. It's important to be athletic at that size because you're already at a disadvantage with how athletic those edge players are coming against you every day. hundred percent. Yeah. We had a good segment on that. What was it, yesterday or the day before about, you know, the offensive linemen that have run well. And the one thing I wanted to mention then that I forgot is very few that run well are bus, you know, let alone the ones that become stars, but the guys that run really well, usually at a minimum last, let alone become a star. The other thing I like about you know watching these huge people run 40s is what do they look like doing it? Like I remember watching Makai Becton going, holy smokes. I mean, he runs like a not not a sprinter, but he runs like somebody that knows how to run at that, you know, and he's very smooth and it's not laboring. You know, growing up my whole life watching combines and stuff was boy, the big guys don't look good doing it. Maybe some of them get there faster than others. But now a lot of these guys, you know, starting with Lane Johnson and Beckton and certainly Cross and Iguanu, no matter what they're built like, they run very smooth and very coordinated. And coordinated is a word that comes to mind for Cross, too. Like, he's got a nice small waist, you know, wide shoulders, long arms, not a lot of fat on his body. You know, he's pretty. Do you know if Evan Neal is going to work out or has he just has that group not run yet? Because I have not seen his 40 time as we're going live and, and we're about done with this episode. And I wanted to see if we could get that time in, but it doesn't look like he's run yet. Yeah, I, I don't know if he's declared if he's going to or not. But as of 524 Eastern, he hasn't and his his group hasn't. So I, I'm not certain about that. A lot of money made, uh, probably more money yeah. made than lost, I think, at the Combine this weekend. Matt, I know you made a lot of money there and putting in time, so I appreciate you uh, carving out enough time after you're on the air for so many hours to do the podcast as well. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to uh, order that pizza and buckle down here and get down to business. <laughs> <Yeah>. Order <laughs> the pizza, see if they'll uh, deliver a six-pack along with it, and kick your feet up and watch the big men run. 
I think that's a plan. I think that's a, definitely a good way to do my final night in Indy here. I love it. All right, fantastic. If you do hit the scene tonight, let us know what kind of whispers you hear from uh, all of the uh, all of the anonymouses that are out there that that mm-hmm. like to that like to chat in Indianapolis late night. The bars are open until what four a.m. there too, right? So uh, depending on how late you go, you could probably get a lot better information closer to four. Oh yeah, the later you <laughs> stick out, the the more you the more that it pays off. Fantastic stuff. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen. For your second listen, check out Locked On NFL Draft, covering everything draft-related as we head toward April. Matt and I back Monday with all the rest of the takeaways from the workouts at the 2022 Combine. Right here, Peacock and Williamson.